able to keep us. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn with us to the book of Psalms. We're going to read three uh, verses of Scripture from Psalms chapter number 34. I was sitting in an airport terminal uh, reading my Bible uh, Friday morning somewhere around 4 o'clock shortly thereafter waiting on the, the plane to get back home and uh, came across these verses of scripture I read them many times um, but the Lord started talking and I don't know how long we sat there at the gate but the whole time I was there uh, just jotting down notes and Standing in line, waiting to get on the plane, still jotting down notes on the whole way home. God was talking. And uh, I, I've learned when he talks, uh, when the, the, the water is flowing from the spigot, I mean, you better get what you got. Uh, get all that you can get from the Lord. And I've just been uh, keeping my mind upon him. And uh, I want to preach to you tonight. I know Brother Eddie was... Uh, preached a couple of Sunday nights ago on let praise go first. And uh, I want to preach in that vein tonight on praise as well. Psalms chapter 34, verse number 1, is where we'll begin reading. David wrote and said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I'm not good with coming up with titles, and I'm just going to preach on that, that one word tonight, on praise. David wrote and said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. How many come to praise the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Keep that hand up, and let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we love you, and we are so thankful. For the privilege that we have once again to come and to be in your house to worship you in spirit and truth in the beauty of your holiness. Father, we're asking now for the unction, the anointing of the Holy Ghost to rest upon us. As always, I have no talents, no giftings, no abilities outside of you, but with you, by you, and through you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, I pray for an anointing to preach. I pray for an anointing to hear and to receive. From the word of God tonight. Do a work in hearts and lives around these altars. And we're going to be careful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. 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 I shared with you several Wednesday nights ago. I've been doing a chronological study plan this year. And it kind of it jumps around in the Bible, but it, it records or does its best to follow things chronologically in the order in which it was written to where uh, you go from Genesis, then it jumps over to Job, but uh, it, it, it keeps things in line with, uh, within Scripture, and so it, uh, it, it doesn't jump around a lot, and you're able to read uh, things in, in chronological order. And I was reading Friday morning about David. As David had been anointed to be king, he had killed Goliath, um, and he winds up very humbly, not usurping the throne from Saul, but he goes into the very palace of Saul and is playing on a harp to, to, to soothe Saul's troubled mind. God was using him in a different way than, 
maybe what David was had envisioned, but he was using nonetheless. And it was in that time when Saul picked up a spear, a javelin, and threw at him and tried to kill Saul because an evil spirit had gripped Saul's heart. And you know the story very well. Saul made several attempts on David's life. And, and Saul and Jonathan had a conversation. And David knew that his life was in danger. And Jonathan told him that Saul was out to kill him, out to destroy him. And he told David to flee, to get as far away as he possibly could. You know that, that story very well. Uh, and he, he goes first to Abimelech, the priest, and he, he's weary on his journey. He asked, do you have any bread? He said, no, I don't have any common bread, but I have the show bread, which is holy. It's been dedicated unto God. Are you clean? And he said, yes, my, my heart is, is pure and is clean before God. And he asked him, he said, do you have a sword? He said, I don't have any common sword here, but there is one that's here. He said, it's the one that you killed Goliath with. He said, it's been hanging up on the wall. He said, there's no sword like it in all of the land. David picked up that sword and it became his sword. And for the next uh, several days, weeks, we don't know exactly how long, maybe months, David was running for his very life. He was running for his life knowing that Saul was out to kill him. But it was during that time that some of the most powerful psalms were written. When David put, uh, put to uh, pen to paper and he wrote how of, of the mercies of God and he began to deal with his, his troubles. He, he began to deal with things in his life and this psalm, Psalm chapter 34, was written and recorded when David was on the very run for his life. Saul had, uh, had gathered an army with one purpose in mind, and that was to find David and to kill him. But even in the midst of that, David wrote these words, I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. There's some things we can learn about praise in these verses of Scripture. Number one, our circumstances should not define our praise, but rather our faith, our praise should define our circumstances. David was running for his very life when he wrote this psalm. As a matter of fact, in my Bible, before we read the first part of Psalms 31, it reads a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. David was on the very run for his life, but he still found time to praise and to worship God. We may not always be able to control what happens in our life, but we can make the conscious decision that praise is going to chart our course, that our life is going to be governed and guided, not by what happens to us, but by praise and worship of God Almighty. Our circumstances, amen, should not define us, but rather our praise unto God should define us. Number two, amen, we find that we should continually praise the Lord. David wrote in 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. Our praise should never be conditional, but our praise should always be continual. 
Amen. It should never be conditional uh, on how we feel. Uh, if our praise was dictated if, uh, by how our flesh feels, uh, then it would be a 50-50 shot uh, of whether we praise God or not. Uh, and there's some days the odds uh, would be less than that. Uh, if it was dependent upon how we feel uh, or what we're going through as to determine how, uh, how uh, uh, much we worship God, we probably wouldn't worship a lot at all. Uh, but if anybody had an excuse uh, to not praise and worship God. It was David uh, who was running for his very life. Uh, amen. If you were to look at, take just a snippet of this man's life. Uh, amen. He was anointed. He was minding his own business uh, when Samuel came. Uh, he was perfectly content uh, being a shepherd to his father's sheep. Uh, amen. He didn't ask for any of this. Uh, amen. But it was God's plan and God's will for him to be anointed. Uh, it was God's will for him. Uh, amen. To face Goliath. Uh, it was God's will for him to be right there under Saul uh, and for his very life to be in danger. Uh, David did not ask for any of this, uh, but God allowed it. Uh, and if anybody had an excuse to get out with God, David had a pretty good excuse. But he didn't look at things that way. He said, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. Amen. I'm going to continually and praise Him. That word continually means to perpetuate or to stretch. Listen, our praise should be stretched as we go throughout the day. What I mean by this, when you get up in the morning, praise should be on your lips. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me through the night. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a new day. Thank you, Lord, for help in my body. Lord, for, for my heart still beating, for oxygen still flowing. Thank you, Lord, uh, for being so good to me. Uh, it should stretch on out. Uh, amen, as we're getting ready. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, that I've got clothes to wear to work. Uh, I'm not like the many Africans that don't have any shoes on their feet uh, and have ragtag clothes, but I've got a closet uh, full of clothes. Uh, as we go to breakfast, uh, Lord, thank you that I've got food to eat. Uh, I'm not malnourished. Uh, amen, I'm not going Going through a famine, but Lord, you have blessed me and you've been so good to me. Amen. As you walk out the door to get in your car, your praise should stretch. Lord, thank you. I'm not driving a horse and buggy to work. I'm not having to walk miles upon miles, but God, you bless me. Amen. With a vehicle that I can drive, and I've got reliable transportation. As we go all throughout the day, our praise should be stretched. Amen. When we come to the closing of the day, praise should be a upon our lips. Oh Lord thank you for blessing me with protection, with provision, with power to make it through the day. That's what continually means to be stretched. Amen. From sun up to sundown. Amen. Our daily life should be marked and stretched by praise. Amen. To where we're often a thanksgiving unto God when He keeps us when we can't even keep ourselves. Amen. When He provides and makes a way where there seems to be no way folks we've got a lot to praise God for heard brother Eddie years ago in a message say there are two main, time, uh, main times to praise God when you feel like it and when you don't that encompasses all day every day and when we should praise God Albert Barnes said this, I will bless the Lord means I will praise Him. I will be thankful for His mercies and always express 
my sense of His goodness. At all times, in every situation of life, in every event that, he, that occurs, the idea is that He would do it publicly and privately, in prosperity and in adversity, in safety and in danger, in joy and in sorrow. It would be a good principle of His life, expressive of the deep feeling of His soul, that God was always to be regarded as an object of adoration and praise. Amen. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will constantly uttering His praises or my thanks be unceasing. The expresses, or this expresses the purpose of the psalmist. And this is an indication of the true nature of piety. When a truly pious man uh, the, the, uh, when a truly pious man the praise of God is constant and is an indication of true religion when a man is disposed always to bless God whatever may occur irreligion, unbelief, skepticism worldliness, false philosophy murmur and complain uh, under the trials and amidst uh, the dark things of life uh, true religion, love, faith spirituality of mind, Christian philosophy, seeing God always uh, an, ob an object of praise. Uh, amen. To sum that all up, uh, it matters not what you're going through, uh, what adversity, what trial, uh, or whether you're on the smooth seas of life. Uh, God uh, is deserving uh, of your highest praise. Uh, see, it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you feel or what you think. Uh, he's worthy. Uh, amen. Whether you're abounding uh, or whether you're abased, uh, He's still worthy to be praised. Uh, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, uh, whether you're in good health or bad health, uh, whether your life uh, is on the rocks uh, or your life is smooth as glass, uh, it matters not where you are on life's journey. Uh, amen. You are in order to praise uh, and to magnify the name of God. Uh, amen. Be like David. Uh, I will bless the Lord uh, at all times. Uh, it was a conscious effort of David uh, to look past his circumstances, uh, to look past his trial, uh, to look past the enemy of his soul uh, to fasten his eyes upon God uh, and make the conscious effort. Uh, I'm not going to focus on what's going on down here, uh, but I'm going to focus on who is up there. Uh, and I'm making a conscious effort uh, that praise uh, is going to chart my course. Uh, why? Uh, because he's worthy uh, and he deserves to be praised. Deserves to be praised. I will bless the Lord at all times. Notice what he says. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. God created man. The Bible says in his own image. He created us differently than he did any other of his creation. When he created the birds, other mammals, dogs, cows, Every one of them have mouths. But none of them can talk. Every one of them have a mouth to, to intake food. But none of them have the ability to say ABC, DEFG, and on down the line. Dogs can bark. Cats can meow. Birds can chirp. They may be able to say things back and forth to each other, but they don't have the ability to comprehend what the other one is saying. 
You see, God made us unique. And He gave us characteristics of Himself. And one of those characteristics was the ability to open your mouth and talk. The ability to communicate one with another. This is unique. And there are several reasons why communication is important. But at the top of the list, priority number one of being able to talk is not to talk to each other. Not to communicate one with another. But to communicate with the Creator that created us. You look when Adam was created. Before Eve was ever in the picture, God gave Adam the ability to speak. Not to speak with any other man because no other man or woman had been created yet. But God gave Adam the ability to talk so that he could talk to God. God could talk to him. It wasn't until later that God looked down and saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone so he created Woman, Eve, to be a helpmate uh, unto Him. Uh, amen. But the, the, the first priority of that mouth that was created was for man to be able to communicate with God. Uh, listen, why is it uh, that so many people have no problem uh, communicating with their fellow man, uh, but they have problems communicating proper praise uh, unto God? Uh, amen. It should not be the case. Uh, I've heard them say, Preacher, uh, amen, I, I don't believe in getting loud. Uh, I, I don't believe in all of that, uh, uh, being uh, boisterous and, and talking unto God. Uh, amen. That, that, that may be the case for them. Uh, they may not believe in all that, but they sure don't have a problem yelling at the TV screen when their team scores a touchdown. Say amen, somebody. Amen. They sure don't mind. Amen. Hollering at the umpire when their baby boy or baby girl steps up to the plate and a bad call is made. They get real vocal then. The fact of the matter is, is you get passionate about what you're passionate about. If that's what somebody is is affected by emotionally, then they're going to voice that. But I can tell you, when you're passionate about God, amen, it's going to be just as natural as breathing for you to open. Open up your mouth and begin to praise and magnify His name. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, I believe that there is a time when we need to lift our hands and worship God. I believe there's a time when we need to clap our hands. I believe there's a time when we get so overcome with emotions. We may shout. We may run. We may jump. We may dance. But I can tell you, there is a time when we need to open up our mouths and begin to magnify God Almighty. All of that has its place, but it should not replace the the, the most common way God intended for us to communicate and praise with them. And that is to open up our mouth and let the praises flow. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When your heart is in love with Jesus, you're going to have no problem letting the praises flow from your lips. Oh, Hallelujah. He's worthy, church, to be praised. God desires for us to open up our mouth and talk to Him. As a matter of fact, Psalms 41, David wrote and said, Oh, clap your hands, oh, you people. It's proper for you to clap your hands as a sign of praise unto God. It's biblical and it's right. But it also says, shout unto the Lord your God 
with a voice of triumph. Amen. Let the praises of God flow. For the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and nations under his feet. He shall choose for our inheritance for us the excellency of Jacob whom he loved. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with a shout of a trumpet. Sing praises unto God. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Verse number 1 tells us what we should do in praise. He says, clap your hands, all your people. Shout unto the Lord, your God, with a voice of triumph. There are times when we are to clap our hands and worship. But hands cannot talk. I can tell you God desires to hear your voice. God desires, amen, to hear your praises. Verse number 1 tells us what to do in praise. Verses 2 through 5 tells us why we praise. It starts by saying the Lord most high is terrible. Now terrible in the Hebrew does not mean the same thing. The terrible means in the English. David was not saying that the Lord is horrible, horrific, or terrible. But that terrible in the Hebrew means to be fearful or to be feared. It means to inspire reverence or godly fear or awe. Amen. What David was saying, the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is most holy. The Lord is most high. He is the king over all the earth. He shall subdue people under us and nations under his feet. He shall choose our inheritance, the excellency of Jacob, whom he had loved. So these verses tell us, amen, why we pray or what to praise. It tells us why we praise. And verses 6 and 7 tells us how we should praise. He said to sing praises unto God. Sing praises. Unto our God sing praises. For God is King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Listen, singing requires you to open up your mouth and talk. Singing requires you to use your voice. Amen. As I was typing down this very sentence in notes, sitting at the airport, I'm thinking about opening up my mouth to praise God. And I'm sitting there to myself, opening up my mouth. God, I love you. You're worthy to be praised. And something caught my attention, just this voice. And there was a, an African-American lady standing right behind me uh, that was doing nothing but uttering profanity uh, after profanity. Uh, she was having a conversation with somebody she was traveling with. Uh, and I thought to myself, you would make a good sailor. Uh, amen. Because you've already got his language. <laughs> Cussing up a storm. I thought to myself, dear God. Amen. I, God, you've created that voice. You've given oxygen in that body. And she's choosing to use her words to spread profanities. Hey man, that's not what she was created for. 
Amen. That's not what God had in mind when man was created. Amen. And I, I, I began to myself worship even more. I said, Lord, there's many people in this world that's abusing what you gave them, hurling out profanities. But Lord, I want to use what you had given me to hurl out praise. Oh, God. Amen. While the world is cussing, while the world is blaspheming your name, I want to use my lips, my mouth, and my voice to praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Amen. We should have no problem opening our mouth and giving God praise and thanks. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. That's Psalms 149. Verse number 6. Let it be in your mouth. Don't be afraid to lift up your voice and praise. Number four, praise should go beyond what we feel physically. Notice what David said in Psalms 34 verse 2. He said, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Notice he didn't say his body. Notice he didn't say his flesh. But he said, My soul should make her boast and the Lord. We know that the soul is the seat of feelings, desires or affections. The soul as an essence which differs from the body and is not dissolved by death. The human soul insofar as it is constituted that by the right use of the aids offered it by God, it can attest its highest end and secure eternal blessedness. The soul regarded as a moral being designed for everlasting life. Our bodies are fleshly, but our souls are the spiritual aspect of man. Our bodies are limited, meaning it has an expiration date where there is going to be a day when this body expires. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. This body was designed at some point in time to give out and to expire. We're going to return to the dust of the ground as Adam was created from the dust. Amen. But while the body has an expiration date, while we will physically die, that soul is going to live forever. Amen. That soul, amen, is, going, is as eternal as God is. Amen. That's the way that He designed us, and that is the way that He created us. And David said, I'm going beyond how I feel in my fleshly, physical body, but my soul is going to make her boast in the Lord. Amen. I'm going beyond what I feel. I'm going beyond what I think. I'm going beyond what I know. And that inward man, my spirit man, hallelujah, it is going to praise God. Amen. It is going to worship God. Listen, the soul is eternal. Amen. That's how God created us. Amen. And I believe that our praise should be eternal. Hallelujah. Amen. Throughout all of eternity we need to make up our minds that we're going to get right down here so that for all of eternity, amen, our soul is going to be able to sing praises unto God and magnify His holy name. Amen. David made that choice. It's up to us to make that same choice that with our eternal soul we are going to praise God. 
David told us two ways to praise. Psalms 34. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Number one, we are to individually praise God. Notice what David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. David was praising when nobody else was. David had a song in his heart and a shout in his step. Amen. No matter what he was going through, but no matter who else was singing and praising and shouting with him. David's heart was set on praising God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I can tell you, we shouldn't just praise God when we come to church. We shouldn't just praise God when our favorite song is being sung out of the red back. We shouldn't just praise God when our favorite praise and worship song comes on the radio. No praise ought to be just as natural as breathing. We should continually praise the Lord. Amen. Our praise should be stretched. I can tell you the greatest worship experience that I've ever had in my life did not come in a church house. But it came in the single cab of a GMC Sonoma. I was riding to an interview at the, before I moved down here. I was a sports writer. I was writing for two newspapers and covered high school sports. That was my area of specialty and uh, a local radio station. I would call in every Friday night and would talk high school sports, what was going on, what athletes stood out that week, loved the job. But they called me and said, we want you to have your own radio show. It's going to be an hour a week. You set the night of the week that you want to do it on. We'll give you the time slot. We'll work to line up the sponsors. All you need to do is bring the content. And he said, I, I want to have a meeting with you to finalize uh, everything and I was going to a restaurant to meet with him and I, I just had this feeling in my gut that it wasn't the right thing to do. I loved it. Loved what I was doing but I knew that God was troubling my nest so to speak and that God had a, a different plan and that another door was about to be open. I didn't know what but I was just riding on the road on the way to meet with the executive at the radio station. I just began worshiping the Lord. I just begin loving on Him, magnifying His name. And I can tell you the power of God so filled that vehicle. I pulled off on the side of the road and just I don't know how long I was there, but I just got lost in worship. I can tell you if a cop had driven by at that moment in time, I would have had to give a field sobriety test. <laughs> Amen. Because they would have thought he is absolutely off his rocker and lost his mind. But I can tell you the world knows nothing about this praise and worship that I'm preaching to you about tonight. 
But the glory of God, amen, it felt uh, so real and so tangible. Tears streaming uh, down my face. I just uh, worshiping God. Got lost in worship right there uh, on the side of the road. Uh, there wasn't a camp meeting evangelist uh, that tickled my fancy. Uh, there was not some great orator uh, or some great singer that led me in worship. No, uh, it was just me, myself, and I uh, lifting up my voice and worshiping God. Uh, and His glory came down uh, right to where I was. Listen, it's right for individually for you to worship God. You don't have to be in the church house. You don't have to be in a regularly scheduled service, but in your living room, in your bedroom, in your vehicle, amen, in a break room somewhere on the job's right. It is right. It is decent. And it is an order for you to open up your mouth. Oh, hallelujah. And praise and magnify God. David said, magnify the Lord with me but whether you do it or not I still am whether you praise him or not I'm still going to lift my voice and worship him because he has been so good to me it is right to individually praise and worship his name I'll give you the Paul Harvey the rest of the story Went to the lunch meeting with the executive. After a few minutes, told him thanks, but no thanks. It was about a week and a half, two weeks later, and prayer the Lord laid it on my heart. Said, you're going to come to Bible Way. I had to leave that job that I loved. Didn't pay anything, but I sure loved it. <laughs> Left it all come down here in the will of God the will of God became perfectly clear I couldn't have seen it two weeks before amen doing something that I loved amen but the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord when praise charts your course you'll never go off course you'll never go wrong individually it's right to worship God but the same token you don't have to be in a church house to worship God it's right to come into a church house and worship God David said, let us, plural, exalt his name together. I can tell you there's power when God's people join together in praising. There's power. Amen, preacher. I, I don't believe in lifting my hands and, and all of that getting loud. Amen. The Bible says to do everything decently and in order. You are exactly right. But I can tell you praise is both decent and in order. Amen. With David when he said I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving into my heart and I will enter into his courts with what? Praise. Amen. David, it was right for him to come together with God's people and worship him. And I can tell you it's right for us when we enter into the house of God. Amen. To come with praise on our lips and worship on our minds. Hallelujah. Amen. You should need a praise and worship leader to pump you and prime you up. Amen. You should, shouldn't take somebody singing your favorite song at just the right beat for you to want to get. Amen. Uh, exuberant in your worship for God no but if you're saved if you're born again oh hallelujah when you come in those doors you ought to come with a heart of gratitude and praise unto God oh hallelujah it is right to come to God's house and worship and praise his name 
Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. Thank God for the people that's watching by the way of live stream. I don't know how many countries around the world that's tuning in. Brother Jason's giving me hand motions. 25 countries around the world. People are tuning in watching our services. Thank God for an awesome ministry outlet. Thank God for we got a brother, I believe, in Oklahoma that can't physically be here, does not have a church in his area, but every service he's watching online. Thank God for that. Wonderful outreach and ministry. But I can tell you, if you live two miles down the road and you can't get up and come to God's house and worship Him, amen, I can tell you, live stream is not to replace what goes on at a physical address. When the saints of God gather together and praise and magnify His name. Thank God when I was in Chicago, didn't have a church to go to, I could tune in to live stream and I could listen to the songs of Zion. I could listen to my pastor preach. But I can tell you, it does not replace being in the atmosphere where the glory of God is coming down. Something happens when God's people joins together. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight and joins together and worships and magnifies his name. It gets heaven's attention and the glory of God begins to flow. Amen. Something miraculous happens when God's people praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ways to praise. Individually, corporately, I'm hurrying. As a matter of fact, I'm almost done. I want us to look lastly. Kirsten, if you'll come help me, I'm through. Psalms 34. We've looked Dissected those three verses. But I want us to look at the results of praise. Now we do not give to get. I'm sorry, Miss Victoria Olstein. She made the famous clip that went viral a few years ago when thousands, millions around the world liked it because it made them feel good. But if there was any clip that's ever been off base and target that was it she made the statement God wants us to worship him not so he will feel good but God wants us to worship because we'll feel good because when we lift God up we're really lifting ourselves up that is not the reason I praise and worship whether what I'm going through, whether I'm abounding or whether I'm abased, He's still worthy to be praised. Amen. Listen, there's been plenty of times where I came into the church house, I was in a trial, I lifted up my voice and praised unto God, and I still left in a trial. Yes. There's been times, be honest, you have too. Yes. Listen, but that trial did nothing. Hallelujah. It did nothing. To set the course for my worship. I was going to worship anyhow. But I like what Brother Eddie said. We, does not, we do not give to get. But God will be a debtor to no man. When you praise and you bless God. God's going to bless you back. It may not be that day. It may not be that, it, that, that particular moment. But when you choose to praise and magnify His name. God will command his blessings. When you bless the Lord, 
He's going to bless you back far greater than you blessed Him. Look at what David said. We've read and dissected those first three verses, but look at verse number 10. He said, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want for any good thing. Come, you children, and hearken to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking God. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace, and pursue with the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be as a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth his bones, and not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. These things that David outlines in scriptures are the inheritance of those that praise the Lord. In verse 10, we find provision, meaning we will not lack for anything, spiritually speaking, when we praise God. Amen. In verse number 11, we will find the fear of the Lord. In verse number 12, we will see good things. In verse number 15, we find that God keeps His watchful eye on those who praise, and His ear is open to their cries. In verse 17 and 19, not only does God see and hear, but we find the promise of His deliverance. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth them from them all. I don't have to go to seminary to learn what A-L-L means. All means all. There's deliverance. We can find deliverance. When we let praise chart our course. Amen. We can find deliverance from the snares of the enemy. In verse number 22, we find the promise of redemption. Hallelujah. I'm closing tonight with this. This is Easter Sunday. When we are gathered to worship a resurrected Savior. For us, it's not just one day a year. But we remember the resurrection every day of the year. But on this Easter Sunday night service, I believe it is God's will for us to join together and praise and magnify Him. I I believe it's the will of God. Why do I know that? Because it's the will of God every time we join together for us to praise and worship and magnify God. I mean, you come looking for some deep theological sermon. You didn't find it tonight. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll dig a little bit deeper next time. Amen. But I can tell you it's going to be right for us to not come down to this altar and bury our hands, our, our heads in our hands, but to lift up our hands and to lift up our heads toward heaven because we're here tonight to praise a resurrected Savior. 
Not one that's dead and in the tomb and buried tonight, but one, amen, that arose from the dead triumphantly with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and is going to live forever and forever and forever. He is the object of our affection. He is the object of our praise and our worship. Amen. We're not here to focus on the woes as Brother Eddie preached this morning. Amen. But we're here to lift up. Amen. Our eyes upon the wonder upon Christ and praise Him. I wonder how many would come to this altar tonight. Amen. With one agenda and one purpose. And that is to lift up your hands and give God your best praise. That He is so worthy and that of and that He desires tonight. Amen. I know you've got problems. Amen. I know you've got troubles. But just for a few moments, amen, let's join together. Let's magnify the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And let's exalt His holy name. Let's praise Him for a little while tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.